Attention passengers, today on Strangers on a Podcast, it's 1988 and the strangers are going to the big top for a movie that asks, popcorn, why popcorn? It contains cotton candy, living balloon animals, and a pair of ice cream selling brothers. Join us, won't you? Hello, and welcome to the movie car here at Strangers on a Podcast. I'm the conductor, and with well, me is... Well, goddamn to do Well, whoop-de-friggin'-do-to-you, too. What's your name, stranger? I'm Grimweed. Hello, Grimweed. Welcome. Thank you for Hello. being here. We're called Strangers on a Podcast because we're two guys who don't know each other, and we're talking about movies to see how they bring people together. Are we going to drive each other nuts? Are we going to curse and scream one another out? Are we going to stay on topic? No. I can guarantee it. No, we won't. We, we never do. No. Uh, it's a it's a pointless question at this point. Yeah. But, but today we are talking ask. about... Well, you 80s. know what time it is, right? What time is it? It's time to ride the Nightmare Merry-Go-Round. That's right, because today we are talking about the 80s classic... Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Outer Space. Outer Space. Outer Space. That's how it goes. Killer Clowns from Outer Space from 1988. That's what I said. Yes, it is. Directed by Steven Chiodo, who has maintained a long career as a puppetry and animatronics master in Hollywood. You know what he was head puppeteer on? I, I wasn't paying attention. I was just trying to remember how many Kyotos are actually involved in the making of this movie. Three that I know of. There's more also, than that. Also, no, there was a, I think there was a Linda Kyoto who mm -hmm. was, in a, Their sister. who was an, an assistant somewhere. But what was he the head head puppeteer on? Steven Kyoto. Uh, Team America World Police. Oh, I was trying to think of before because i know they all did stuff before this he also designed the critters from critters which i say makes him a friggin legend he made killer clowns and he made the critters I, I just need the clowns to say that i don't need anything else that's yeah, that's enough I mean, for me that's that's two major 80s monsters that he created just you know playing around and that's sadly like the critter monsters are very um they're a lot more popular Though the clowns, I think, are more recognizable. It's written by Stephen, Charles, and Edward Kyoto, who also produced the movie. And I think we said it was one of their sisters. Was a, 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 Unfortunately, because we're misogynistic, sexist bastards, we don't know exactly what her position was. But I think it was I Linda Kyoto. I don't remember she, because I don't really pay attention to that stuff. You should, fi should have figured that out by now. Yeah, I should have. I should have wrote down when I saw her name in the credits, but I didn't. Yeah, all I know is there's m multiple Kyotos, they're not all brothers, and during the special features, they have, like, some of their early home movies, and she appears in it, and they mentioned her name and said that was her, that was their sister, which is the only way I know it's a sister and not a wife. Do you know who wrote the movie? Uh, I thought they all did. That's right, Stephen, Charles, and Edward Kyoto, and they also produced it. Yeah, they did everything. Yep, except for well, the music, which was by John Masari. Well, not just him. Well, also the Dickies did the uh, did the famous opening song and the closing and song. And they did it by name only. They knew nothing about the movie when they did they it. They knew nothing about the movie. And, and they it just, fits so perfect. They came up with, they said, the title of the movie is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And they said, okay, we can write a song about that. Well, the music was by John Masari, who has gone on to do all the music for everything on TV for years. 
He did Schitt's Creek, RuPaul's Drag Race, and even music for Fox NFL Kickoff and The Masked Singer. He is an in-demand composer. You know there's more than that on TV, right? There's a lot of things on TV. Yes, I know. But, I mean, if you if you look at this guy's IMDb, it's just striking how much current stuff is right there that he has done. They have actual Oscar-winning directors and actors, producers, whatever. They have them in this movie. Yes, I think uh, Brett Leonard plays Jumbo. Uh, that's the one that with Mooney. Yes. Yes. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's the, I think he's the most frequently shown clown in the film up until his, uh, demise or shorty or yes. Shorty, Rudy Jumbo. All the clowns have names. They all, they all have names. They all have multiple names, but I still yeah. like shorty. Yes. Shorty. Shorty's a cute little guy. Vicious shorty, little Shorty's a badass. But he's a cute little guy. Uh, but the music was by John Massari. The cinematography was by Alfred Taylor, and it was his last movie. But he also did Bloodbath and Spider Baby way back when with Sid Haig for genre lovers out there. He also did Deliver Us From Evil and The Swingin' Cheerleaders, so he was a pro. But the editing for Killer Clowns was done by Christopher Rice, who has gone on to be a very active professional in all sorts of movies and TV shows. I'm just going to name the last three movies that came off his IMDb. Rice goes, Rice Girl Goes to Hollywood, We Are Art Through the Eyes of Anna Laura, and Shooting Star. And that Speaking of art, I had a thought. Nope, art wait, the Clown think. versus the Killer Clowns. Oh. Um, I'm going with Killer Clowns. You sure? Yeah. I, I, um, I think um, the Killer Clowns are are just more pre better prepared what's art's weakness art might not have a weakness uh -huh. per se what's the clowns the clowns is if you blow yeah. off their nose they die but uh art might not know that yeah but with as brutal as he is eventually he's gonna get to a nose yeah but he'd have to catch one first no he wouldn't he's he'd capable of throwing and using projectiles and if they're close enough to get to him he's close enough to get to them who do you think has a bigger body count art the clown or killer clowns um, so far the clowns have taken, basically eliminated an entire town. Yes. Yes, indeed. Art, not so much, but he's just getting started and he's w one clown versus a whole bunch of them. Well, he has a little sidekick now. Well, yeah, but that's just now. And they're going to make a part three because two did very well in the theaters, I believe. I think they had already signed the thing for to do a third before two even hit the theaters. I think it was already it's like, okay, it's finished. Here's the agreement to do a third. Hopefully three will answer some, uh, hopefully three would be good. The you second didn't like one was two? shit. Is I didn't it, like you two. You didn't care for two? No. Oh yeah. I thought it had problems too. Like all of a sudden there's a magic sword. I mean, I knew the sword was magic because I could just tell the way this movie is going. Like, Oh, that's her, that sword's going to turn out to be magic, but it's a magic sword. And, yeah, but Art it seems didn't to be do any good. It, and why are we talking about that? Because we hey, could always talk about a movie that you like and I don't, or we both don't. We could talk about Terrifier in that series at some point. But what is the movie about? We have to we have to always ask that. You know, in a lot of our previous podcasts, we have gone into a full synopsis of the movie. That is a synopsis of the movie. I'm sorry, synopsis is plural, I believe. But anyway. We've summarized the movie from beginning to end. Yes. And I think that is a disservice to our viewers. I regret I think that we did It that. doesn't matter, especially since they're not viewing anyway. Yeah, well, listeners. I think for the most part, it doesn't matter because if they haven't watched the movie and they don't want it spoiled, they can choose to listen to it later. I, and I odds are, if they're looking at it and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this movie, they've seen it. I think we might want to maybe go through our list 
on our website when we get the website up and running and include in the titles that these things have spoilers or something because i i i just i would just feel awful if we were luring people in to listen to us discuss a movie and we wind up spoiling the whole movie for them that they've never seen well we can leave we we do leave things out we and sometimes it's not intentional but we leave things out and yeah, any of the movies that we've out. talked about, even the stuff that we've spoiled is, oh, except for Strangers on a Train, because since we spoiled it, it's, I'd still say watch it because it's a good movie, but you don't need to watch it if that makes any sense. No one needs to watch anything except the sun go across the sky. No, you need to watch May, you need to watch Night of the Demons, you need to watch Bubba Hotep, you need to yes, watch no, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. But what is Killer Clowns from Outer Space about? It's about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. What else do you need to know? Well, it's about some young adults at a make-out point. They see a falling star and go after it for a night of romance and adventure. Uh, only it wasn't a falling star, was it? No. No, it wasn't. It was a spaceship full of murderous aliens. It was a big top. Who look a lot like those things we have here on Earth called clowns. And their ship is a candy-colored circus tent. It's bigger on the inside than the outside. Is it candy-colored or just brightly colored? I, I... It's red and yellow. I'd like to think candy-colored and brightly colored are synonymous. Okay. Ne- next time you see a bright car go down the street, I'm going to recommend you don't take a bite out of it. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just go up to the driver's face and say, nice candy car, jackass. Well, that's the, that's the creamy center. Where'd you buy your car? Uh, uh, Reese's Pieces factory? I'll, I'll talk to him like that. I'll just make fun of his car for being bright green. Now, a lot of anyway. people, they buy a GT, they buy it and like, uh, why, why, why'd you get bright mint and green? They didn't have pink? What's What was the plan there, Ooh, car guy? Mint green. I don't I have mint ice cream. No, you can't have ice cream. Well, then let's get back to the clowns so we we can get this done so I can get to my ice cream. (laughs) They make the clowns on the ship, they make sentient balloon animals. They encase people in cotton candy that liquefies them. They throw pies that melt people. They spawn via popcorn. They're horrible, sadistic, nightmarish creatures that will kill you in a second and laugh monstrously after they do it. They are the killer clowns. They might eat you. That's killer clowns. That's clowns with a K from outer space. They invade a small town named Crescent Cove, and it's up to two plucky almost teenagers and one honest cop to save the day. And a one of- shit cop. Hey. He is a shit cop. You don't like Dave? No. Oh, Dave is a moron. Well. well, there's also a pair of goofballs who drive, drive an ice cream truck. and they The have Terenzi brothers are amazing, but they're morons as well. What do you, what do you not like about Dave? Um, like that, you think Dave should have been right there with Mooney beating up those punks at the beginning, don't you? No. Then what's I wrong think with Dave? Dave is just a moron. What What could he possibly do? Um, what, what could he do better in the film? Give like oh like if you as a police officer in a crooked department, confronted you know what with pops balloons invading your precinct. You know what pops balloons? A lot of sharp things that aren't bullets. Yeah, but do you want to get that close to the things? He stood right next to it when he fired the gun. His belt buckle could have popped it. His badge could have popped it. What cop doesn't have a knife or something on him? I've, I've never seen cops with knives. I, I, You've I, never I, seen a cop with some kind of a knife or multi-tool or like a pocket knife of some sort? Nope, never seen him. If, uh, for, first of all, it's not Survivor Days where everybody goes around carrying a big old buck knife on their hip because they need that to, to skin well, a deer. Even if it's not something on their belt, like I said, his belt buckle or his badge because his badge we know can pop shit we find that out as well yes his badge can pop shit we do find that out i think you're calling dave a moron when in fact dave was at the mercy of the story itself because it, well yeah yes. he had to do what the script said 
I mean, if, if you could, like in theory, just pop their nose with a thumbtack, then he could just walk around with a thumbtack going like, you're dead, pop, you're okay. dead, you're dead. Yeah, if you can get close enough to him, why not? Because that would sort of destroy the drama of the clowns coming after you if they're that weak. I, I don't think... That's don't what he does with his badge. You're spoiling already. Now they now they know that he uses his badge to, to kill a clown. And? And that's a that's a key point in the film. Well, that's what spoiled it, <laughs> saying it's a key point in the film. Yeah, now there's going to be people, be people out there who are watching this thinking, oh, this must be when he uses his or badge. Or listening to it. Hopefully. We do love you listening. <laughs> most I'm preferably, sorry. or most most likely would be listening. I mean, anyway. Th- we, we do appreciate the YouTube viewers, but most likely it would be listening because even then you're still just listening to us talk. I think Dave did a fine <laughs> job. I think Dave's a moron. Nope, Dave did a fine job. He, Every he character handled, in this movie is a moron. He handled it a lot better than Mooney did. Well, yeah, but so did Farmer Green. I think Farmer Green uh, just Farmer Green just got himself hurt the whole time, got himself killed. I don't think he. Oh, okay. Well, are you gonna say Farmer Green didn't handle it better? Then Mooney because Farmer Green died. Yeah, but at least Farmer Green tried to do something. So yeah, that's why I'm saying Farmer Green did, did it better, better than Mooney. Mooney. Mooney did deliver one of the best scares in the film, or that is to say, his it was one of the best scenes. Yes. Yes. Don't worry, Dave. All we want to do is kill you. That was a great scene. Yeah. One of the things that's great about Killer Clowns is it it lovingly sends up like the classic Atomic Era B-movies from the 50s and does it all with this straight face, even while it sort of winks at the audience. And uh, the mayhem and the horror are amusing right up until they're not. And that's the scene we're talking about because uh, the, the movie stops being an amusing little B-movie and for a moment becomes this serious thing that the audience should be scared of. And even when you're saying it, the amusing B-movie thing, I know I, I said last week with the whole okay now this is wrapping up the 10 movies and and now move on to some other shit so i'm gonna try not to make connections but at the same time i'm still gonna make references fair enough night of the demons we basically established that weird things happening in the house like it can't unlock a door but it can remove hinge pins it was kind of a Anything can happen. There's no real rhyme or reason because the whole Alice in Wonderland thing and the house being kind of a Wonderlandish thing. Well, if at any point in this movie, you have to ask why did they or why this or that, what is the answer to that question? Because it was cool. Because they're clowns. That's why. Ah. Anytime you feel you're like, well, why did they do this or what? Because they're clowns. That's why. Yeah. The, uh, the, that's something else is the uh when the Chiodo brothers came up with this idea for a movie they committed to it absolutely 100% and they they went for it from from the design of the clowns to the the bare bones bl- background we get on the clowns to everywhere the clowns inhabit and it all just sort of sucks you in as a viewer because it's just this the actors are playing it straight from beginning to end like uh Dave the cop is selling it 100% that he is scared and in danger throughout the entire film. Uh, the two characters, Mike and Debbie, they are... When Debbie's in the movie. Yeah, when she's in, not in the shower. Which, by the way, might it, it features one of the longest shower scenes in film, but there's no nudity involved. So don't don't go into that thinking you're going to get It's also one of the most disappointing shower scenes. Indeed. The the actors commit to it. The sets are amazing. And uh, it, the, the Chiodo is really just... The movie works with its own weird logic that sucks the viewer in. 
I think it, at a point it doesn't have to have logic just because of the clown thing. So all those weird questions like this would have been so much simpler or, well, why are they doing this? They're clowns. All right. So you're saying when you watch the movie, it's like you can just, uh, if there's any lapses in logic that you can just say, oh, well, it's because they're clowns. I'd like to know, I'd like you to give an example of a lapse in logic where you have to remind yourself these are clowns in the film. Well, with anything. Okay, why sometimes is it balloons and other times it's cotton candy? Why sometimes they kill people instead of capturing them? Why balloon animals instead of clown-looking animals? Why, why popcorn? Everything. It's like, because they're clowns, that's why. Yes, but I think that... that I think that's uh, part of the film's aesthetic. I think it's a choice that the directors made and the, the right... The, the Chiodos made. It, it's no it's interesting how many times you say their names different. Uh, what names the chiotos yeah sometimes it's kyoto sometimes it's Ch it's chiotto i don't know the i don't know exactly how you pronounce it kyoto it's kyoto yeah i thought you watched the commentaries and everything i did but i didn't remember how they pronounced their own names yeah they said kyoto multiple Kyoto. Times. well uh, now i'll try to remember <laughs> i don't think that when i watch the movie i don't feel any lapses in logic i i just it might be because i've seen it so many times but i just i, I never have to remind myself that they're clowns i i just it fall into the weird. Them being clowns is, is what makes so much of the stuff make sense. Yes, if exactly. it wasn't, if it wasn't clowns, it wouldn't make sense. And that's what I'm saying. If there's yeah, any I mean, time, if there's ever a time where like, well, why would they be doing this? Because they're clowns. I mean, if they were xenomorphs or predators or something, then they wouldn't be flying around in this candy colored circus ship and shooting popcorn at people. They'd no, they'd be trophy hunting or impregnating. But these are clown aliens in a, in a silly a movie. What? Looking for a snack. Yeah, they're just looking for a snack. Uh, and they get a snack, by the way. They, uh, yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> I I think that the movie just has a hypnotic quality to it where the viewer gets pulled into its weird logic and just accepts what's going on based on what they see. And the the clowns have... They have a they have a shtick. It's like they're aliens with a shtick that is clown-based. And zippers on their heads. And every... Well, okay. Well, that's just nitpicking <laughs> right there. I mean, you, you could say one clown uh, looked like his hands were gloves at one point. Well, you could see down the sleeve of one of them in the, the drugstore. Yes, that was the clown Rudy. And Shorty has a zipper on the back of his head. Well, Freddy Krueger is wearing, is this a man wearing makeup? I mean, these aren't real monsters, Grim. No, but in the realm of this movie, they are real monsters. Indeed they are, where uh, you have to pretend the zippers aren't there. But if you can see it, why not just have it be they happen to have zippers on their heads? Because that's going against the... Uh, there's this thing called suspension of disbelief. Uh, Are you saying that you would completely dis disbelieve that for some reason these creatures would have a random zipper for no reason? Yeah. Just kind of just... Yeah, this one happens to have a zipper. That that's ruins the illusion. That clearly wasn't something that was meant to be noticed on screen. No. But it is, so why not make that part of that creature? It's like, okay, well, that one has a zipper. Because zippers aren't clowny. Well, they got to put their hair on somehow. No, they don't. All they have to do is style it in, in funny well, ways. Well, maybe or... that strip on the back is zipped on. It I clearly don't. was not all the way on or else you wouldn't see the zipper. You always find these things to nitpick about the, <laughs> about the movies. Like, okay. I got to like, keep you guessing somehow. Now, somehow, like, oh, Elvis's wig 
comes off in uh, in Bubba Hotep when he's flying down the hill. Should we should we assume that Elvis is wearing a wig through the whole movie? Why then? not? Maybe he lost it? his hair. He was really old, and and maybe his vanity said, "No, I got to still have my do." Yes, but why? But <laughs> d- does do we see Bruce Campbell's hair in a hairnet or something when the wig comes off in the in, in Bubba Hotep? No, but we see Bruce Campbell as Ronald Reagan in Fargo. Well, that's awesome. Bruce Campbell's played a president. I need He's to watch played Harder a president Man. and a king. Yes, the king of rock and roll. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I told you, I got to keep you guessing somehow. Um, you're sort of making me guess at things, I suppose, but I, I don't. You're like, guess like, what the fuck is he talking about? And no, I think that Killer Clowns has a hypnotic kind of logic all its own that mm-hmm. sucks the viewer in. Yeah. And it, it's not only that, but uh, the movie even, like... The actors play it it 100% sets the straight, tone they, for the movie perfectly just with the opening music. It does. You kind of get an idea of what you're in for when it says that clowns are trying to make it basically human genocide. Exactly. But I, I think that uh, the outlandishness of the plot serves it serves the movie well because uh, there there's a few scenes early on in the film where Mike is trying to convince Dave, the cop, that there are killer clowns from outer space. Cotton candy cocoons. In cotton candy cocoons. Yeah, cocoons. You know, cocoons. Like in that movie. That was supposed to be three people, but I don't do voices. We've already established that. No, well, um, you do, you do fine, Grip. Don't worry about it. But uh, the, the outlandishness of the story serves its, serves the film well in many ways. Yeah. I don't disagree. I'm just saying that the fact that they're clowns lets you get away with things being that outlandish. Let's you get away with just having these creatures just completely fuck with people for no reason, just because they're clowns, because they can. Well, the Kyotos do mention how, and I think they mentioned in the commentary, that one of the advantages the clowns have is that they can walk up to people and not seem like a threat. Yeah, clowns are very unassuming, except for these clowns look terrifying. That is one thing that does pull me out of the movie a little bit, because if I were walking down this, if I were walking down the street and I encountered a clown, a normal Earth clown, however terrifying that would be, I would recognize it as a human wearing face paint and maybe a big red nose and some sort of garish wig. But the killer okay, clowns they in this, could be people in masks. Those are mimes. I. Never mind. No, mimes is face paint. Mimes is face paint. Clowns are face paint. I, I don't, or if you're talking about somebody, some guy wearing a clown mask, I don't think that's traditional clown attire. You have to Well, no, but it also depend on, depends on where you are and what time of year it is. Weirdly enough, this wasn't at Halloween, which would have explained why. It wasn't oh, yeah, released clowns. on Halloween either, and that uh, contributed to it not doing that well in its original theatrical run. But it did find a great audience on home video and on television. Yeah, but I'm although when I, TV put in a couple scenes, well, one scene every now and then, but one of them fairly regular that just kind of I think ruined the movie. Oh, what was this? The one that regularly finds its way in is her weird. Remember the weird chimney story from Gremlins? Phoebe oh, Cates just uh, utterly depressing. Story. So you're referring to Debbie's deleted scene where she talks about being picked up by a clown and terrified yeah. when she was dragged into the center ring of the circus. Exactly. Really changes the movie quite a bit because one, she's already expressed a desire to not be there. Two, he still managed to get her in there and then gets her to tell him why she's so afraid and then says, okay, well, suck it up, let's go in further, and just completely disregards her fear and just plays it off like, yeah, let's just go have fun. But taking that speech out 
it's still kind of a, yeah, let's just go a little further without having that okay, now you're really an ass factor. Well, there, there is some contention as to whether or not Debbie ends up with Dave or Mike at the end of the film. Dave, uh, when she Debbie's a bitch. Dave, Debbie's a bitch. Debbie's a bitch. You started out calling douche a douche. Debbie's a bitch. I was calling douche a douche because Debbie's a the bitch. douche was just a, a, a would-be date rapist douche. I, what has Debbie done? Well, are you upset that she didn't show her tatas in the shower? Is that it? Oh, no. That has nothing to do with it. What is, well, if I wanted to finish? see her naked, I'd put it in a different movie. I, I, has Suzanne Snyder done nudity yes. in film? Oh, well, good for her. I hope she was given, I, I, I hope she wasn't forced into it. And it's a weird movie. Horrible. I think at one point she had a bag over her head or something too, or a box or I don't remember what it was. Are you sure not confusing her with Sarah St. James? Who? Never mind. Sarah St. James? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, hold on. Was. Anyway, I was saying these clowns, the killer clowns, do not look like humans in clown makeup. They look like tall, bloated monsters. Oh, with I thought you were trying to figure faces. out why I was calling her a bitch. The clowns look horrific, <laughs> and any and whenever a human looks at one and doesn't react in horror, I have to remind myself that oh, well, these just look like clowns to the people in the movie. When in fact, it makes no sense that any any normal human encountering one of these monsters would think to themselves, oh, that's just a nice, happy clown in, in face paint. They look nothing like humans. Uh -oh. They have they have giant, distended, like, they have giant eyes, distended, twisted, leer mouths. They look like a child's rendering of clowns, but with vicious, fang teeth. But why they is there a bitch? They look like when, like when people that are afraid of clowns try and describe a clown, they look like that. Kind of. But why is Debbie a bitch? Okay, so when you first see her, they're essentially at makeout point they're at the, on the top or at the top of top the top of the world as it's called yeah which okay if you want to be there be there no big deal you can clearly tell she had no plans of of really doing much there by the awkward layers she was wearing so it's like okay well this is only going to go so far which still that's her prerogative damn right it is but then she manipulates the man when he just kind of wants to stay there and hang out by using her nice little sweet seductive voice to get him to go and do something he has already said he doesn't want to do okay when it's like yeah come on mr adventure and and talks him into doing something it's like well that's not you know i don't want to go and look for that i want to stay here and then repeatedly just dig yourself deeper in this hole you misogynistic bastard go on what are you saying that it's misogynistic for me to think that her manipulating him is a bad thing. It's just as bad for her to manipulate him as it would be for him to manipulate her. Eh, I don't know. The rules of makeout point can get a little nebulous. Okay, why does that change who's who's All right, I just a, pulled that one a out more acceptable hand. manipulator? Guess who's never been to makeout point. Anyway. But and then throughout the whole movie, it's like he's trying to protect her after they figure out what's going on. But she's like, oh no, I'm I'm afraid, but I'm still gonna put myself in danger. And then while I, when I get in danger, I'm going to go to the other guy, clearly go to the other guy every time. Well, it's not like Mike was doing her any big favors. He was trying. He was trying, but who, who's the one who had the gun to get her out of the balloon? He also had a belt buckle and a badge he could have used instead of a gun that put them in more danger by making a huge bang that if you're trying to hide on a ship, a gunshot probably isn't best way to do it that is true but i they, don't know he, how loud the the balloon popping was but i'd say it wasn't any louder than a gunshot and they probably could have saved more people if he would have th thought well here let's just take something sharp and just keep popping 
Yes, but then they would have had a whole crowd of, yeah, well, at least he tried to... Well, you don't have to be the fastest. You just have to be faster than the slowest. That's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> Hey, oh. and this is in this case, it's basically I'd say killer be killed, but it's survivor be eaten. So, what yeah. movie did the Kyoto's base this on? Huh? What movie did the Kyoto's base their uh, their passion project on? I don't know. The Blob. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's a, I think it is. I think the the Blob is a bona fide classic of the monster genre. Yeah, and it's not that. The new one, it's the old one from the 50s. The old one from the 50s, yeah. yes. Uh, the new one came out the same year as as this, I think. The, uh, so it would the be remake. hard to base this on that, wouldn't it? It would indeed. Well, but that that just, I, I think that just uh, goes to show the amazing influence that uh, Steve, Steve McQueen's The Blob, I think it was from 1956, had on, uh, had on generations of horror films. Yeah. That's uh, because uh, when the Kyoto's are, and I'm saying it right now because I've written it down, Kyoto. <laughs> I even spelled it like it's Japanese, Kyodo. Okay. It sounds like a Japanese kind of name. There's even a town in Japan called Kyoto. Yeah. And everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the town of cherry blossoms and temples. Yeah, but we're talking about a whole other town here. Yes, we're talking about Crescent, Crescent Cove. Cove. But uh, the blob, when the blob lands in the blob. Not in Crescent Cove. No. Uh, it originally goes after an old man, just like how in this movie, uh, the yep. clowns originally go after Farmer Green, played by... Uh, oh, Royal, Royal Dano. Dano. Is it Dano or Dano? Is Royal Paul Dano, Dano Royal Dano. I don't know. I just know it's a hell of a name. And he was a hell of a character. Not only was he a hell of a character, but he was a hell of a character actor. Uh, was, that's yeah, another that thing. Too. Royal Dano is a legend among character actors who was also, he was in Outlaw Hosey Wells, which also starred guest. I thought it was Josie Wells. Outlaw, I call it Hosey Wells. Okay. Is it Josie Wells? That's what I always heard. Outlaw Josie Wells. Yeah, that sounds, that like to make more sense. But, uh, <laughs> Royal Dano and one of the stars of this movie, John Vernon, start, was in Outlaw Josie Wales with Royal Dano. They were both in that. See, now you're making connections. Ah. Uh, you're making oh, a connection from one guy to another guy that happened to be in the same movie together the in the movie that we're talking about. The Blob didn't come out in 1956. It came, I, let me double check. It doesn't matter. It came out in the 50s. It did indeed. But I have to know. I have to see 58. Okay. But in 1956, Royal Dano was starring in Moby Dick with Gregory Peck, and he was in Messiah of Evil in, I think, the 1971 with Gregory Marianna Peck Hill. was good in that movie. Who? Gregory Peck was good in that movie. Gregory I, Peck was good in pretty much anything he did. I've never seen a bad Gregory Peck performance. But that, yeah, that, I think that version of Moby Dick and the Patrick Stewart one are probably my favorite. Royal Dano was also in House 2. He was in Ghoulies 2. He was in The Right Stuff. He, and on TV, he was he was on everything. Going back years and years, he was on Little House on the Prairie. He was on Kung Fu, Gunsmoke, Big Valley, Bonanza, The Virginian. Was he on MASH? I don't believe he was. Well, then he wasn't on everything, was he? I didn't say everything. Yes, you did. Well, you I said he was on everything. everything. He was on all sorts of stuff. He was a great actor who guested in a lot of shows. And sadly, Mr. Dano passed away in 1994, a few years after this came out. Wow, that just went dark. Well... Well, and then we had John Vernon. Well, you were talking about all that, and, and I said something about MASH, and, and you're like, well, yeah, I was, wasn't on that. And in my mind, I was thinking, but see, even Patrick Swayze was in MASH. All right, that's it. I'm going to find Royal Dano and prove he was on MASH. Oh, you know what his last movie was? No. The Dark Half by, I, I think, did George Romero direct The Dark Half? I don't know. I don't, I don't even he, know what yeah. movie that is. Oh, that was uh, that was the Stephen King movie where, about the writer whose pseudonym comes to life. 
Oh, a Stephen King movie about a writer. That's something that doesn't happen often. Indeed, it was. George Romero directed it. Okay. Yeah, that was the first Stephen King novel I ever read. It was The Dark Half. It was uh, about uh, a writer named uh, Tad something, I think Tad Beaumont. The first one I ever read was It. You you win. I don't remember any of it, but I know I read it. Oh, you don't I remember any of it? I had a big hardback co- copy of it and everything. Uh, no, he was not on MASH. He was on Fantasy Island. He was on Chips. Was he on Buffy? Was he on Buffy? No. Well, see, again, he wasn't on everything. He was on Amazing Stories. Was he on Greatest American Hero? Uh, I, I think John Vernon was on Greatest American Hero. Well, that's not who we're talking about. No, it's not. We're talking about the guy you said was on everything. All right. When I say everything. I'm going to call I, you I, on it. I meant he's been in so many TV shows. I can't even begin to list them all. Well, see, that makes more sense. Then I don't have to call you on your everythings. Like John Vernon has been in a ton of stuff. He was the mayor in Dirty Harry. He was the dean in Animal House. He was the director in Curtains for, uh, People who've only ever seen him in genre films. He was a voice actor in the original Heavy Metal by Ivy, Ivan Reitman. Uh, he was on the 90s Spider-Man as Doctor Strange and as Rupert Thorne on Batman the Animated Series, which is the best Batman. Um, he, yeah. he was in I'm Gonna I Get You Sucker. I do like Michael sucka. Keaton, though. Yeah, Michael Keaton's fine. I'm Gonna Get You Sucker was a great movie. He was in Ernest Goes to Camp. He was in yeah, Outlaw Josie Wales, like Royal Dana was. And on TV, he was in uh, so many TV shows that I can't begin to name them all. He was in Gunsmoke. He was in Kung Fu. He was in Knight Rider, <laughs> Airwolf, A-Team. He was in so many, I can't begin to name them all. So let me begin to name them all. <laughs> Just to give you a sample. You name it, he guessed it on it. And he was another amazing character actor who was lost to the world in 2005. I think, we, I think we're all a little worse for not having John Vernon's amazing voice and screen presence in films after yeah. 2005. Yeah. Fine actor. And he yes, really he sold this movie as, as one of the, like, for instance, uh, John Vernon, he gets squirted in the face with the uh, flowers at one point. And, uh, and he told him his, to do it again. He, it was his idea to make it a double shot of the, from the flowers because he, he thought just a single shot from the flowers wasn't going to be funny enough. And he, he, he decided if it was a double take on his face that he could have a more comedic that reaction. extra little punch. Yep. And that, that's, that, that is testament to John Vernon's commitment to his performance. And yeah, he was willing to get water making. squirted on him twice. It's not just that. <laughs> make it sound like he did nothing. No, he helped make the scene better. Well, yeah, just him being in it helped make it better. He just, exactly. the, the, what he brought to it was enough. Other actors, and whereas Grant Kramer. Oh, shit, we're still on the actors? <laughs> well, we never got to the actors. Grant was in New Year's Evil and Hard Bodies and a lot of episodes of Young and the Restless, so he probably has a nice house. Suzanne Snyder as Debbie was also in Return of the Living Dead, and she was in Weird Science. Oh, I don't remember her in Weird Science. And John Allen Nelson as Dave has gone on to a long career in a, as a character actor in TV and film. He was on Baywatch, Sheena, the show 24, and Crisis. He, he's got a long IMDb if you ever want to check it out. he's He's been there. He's been out there working. And that's it. That's it for the actor. Okay. Also, there was a ta- cameo by Christopher Titus in the beginning of the film and at the... Uh, he, was it really a cameo? Is it? Yes, it was a cameo. Well, it, hmm. it, was, it was his first movie. Yeah, I I don't think I'd say cameo. Yeah, if it if it was a famous actor like doing a walk on, that would be a cameo. But this was an unknown actor at the time, just in his first movie. Well, not only that, but I mean, he was there, and it wasn't just a, a split second. He was in a few scenes, and then basically everybody's gone. Yeah, no, but he plays Bob McCreed, who um, they find his glasses at uh, top of the world, and that's one of the things that helps convince Dave the cop that uh, the clowns are real. Well. Yeah, 
I guess you can put it that way. Indeed, I can. I did. So there, take that. You still say that Debbie's a bitch. She is. And I think, well, you know what? Uh, Dave was the one who got her out of the balloon, so he gets the hug. Okay. Well, that's not the only time she goes for him first. I think it's possible that uh, Dave and Mike are going to have to work out some sort of polyamorous thing uh, with I Debbie. I think Mike doesn't even have a chance. He might. Maybe Maybe she's like... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the actress. I think it was Marlena Dietrich, who uh, she had to have three men at all times. She had to have one for conversation, one for looks, and one for sex. Okay. So maybe Debbie's like that. If you say so. I don't know. All I know is she took a really long shower. And then, not only that, but she was about to like go on this adventure to save the town. And what did she do after? That is a box, is it not? Okay. It is indeed a box. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miss Suzanne Snyder had a love had, and I'm sure has a lovely body. I'm sitting. I, I go to look up Royal Dano on Mash, and you're like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" But you're here looking up nude pictures of the lead actress. We're talking about. No, I was what trying to remember if it was a box or not because oh, you could. made that comment. So I was like, "Okay, I know there was something." Well, I you're I can't remember exactly what we mentioned in the past five minutes. Uh, I don't know. You finished talking about the people in the movie. I know that. <laughs> okay, so that's all out. Uh-huh. Oh, damn it. I, I was proud of my John Vernon filmography there. Oh, no, we, we had talked about that, I think. I don't remember. No, we hadn't. I don't remember. Anyway. I, I'm just, I'm in a different world, if you couldn't tell. This this movie just does weird things. It makes you not want to think straight. What's your favorite kill in the movie, Grim? Oh, my God. Um, Mooney. Mooney? I don't know. Well, yes and no. I, uh, I Mooney's kill wasn't really shown. It 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 showed something happened to him, but I I, I don't know if that was the kill. Well, that really, been... how many kills are really shown then? Forty. If you want to look at that, forty. Forty kills are actually shown. Yeah. How that's, do you figure that's that? A, that's according to the YouTube kill count. No, that's the kill count. That's how many people died. That's not how many no, kills that, were that's shown. That's a mixed kill count. That's a mixed kill count of uh, animals, humans. And clowns. Does that include the balloon animals? It does not. Because they were alive. In a sense. Hey, uh, we, it came alive and was tracking them, so I'd say it was alive. Did we ever see it die uh, confirmedly? Um, when it popped, when the car ran over it, yeah. I don't remember it popping. Yeah. I just remember the balloon animal popping. vanishing from the scene. Yeah. But anyway, that's not kills that are shown. We have Shorty with the biker gang. Yep. We have, I, possibly you could say a kill that's shown when the car goes off, the, I guess, not really a cliff. It just goes off the side of a hill. Inland. Uh, misses uh, the bridge. Front, leaning um, against a tree, bursts into flame. Yeah. And you have the afterwards of Mooney, but I don't remember actual kills being shown other than that. Oh, okay. What about the cocoonings? There's various cocoonings. Well, yeah, but are you counting those as kills? Yes. Okay, well then you can't really say that cocooning is my favorite because damn near everybody's cocooned. Uh, what about uh, when Slim comes at the uh, bystanders with the Tyrannosaurus Rex shadow? He doesn't kill them. He doesn't kill them? Uh-uh. He shrinks he, them down and puts and them in the back. to his popcorn. Well, does he? I believe that's what he did. He seemed to drop them into a bag well, yeah, of popcorn. Well, yeah, but also... In the commentary, the Kyotos say, like somebody says, well, why, why that? And he said, well, because it was more interesting than just an empty bag. That's uh -huh. the only reason that, that was in a bag of popcorn was just because it was more interesting than an empty bag. I think the movie had a kind of internal logic because at one point we see the popcorn come alive and it yeah. seems to be it's clown, clown babies. Yeah. And in the ship, when you see like, it looks like a giant popcorn popper, it's the incubator. That's an right. incubator room. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean he's feeding them to, it could be that he's shrank them down and put them in there and he's going to take them back and do a cotton candy cocoon. I think what, I think the reason the incubator was located in the cocoon room was so that they would have, Close they would access have access to food. Yes. Access yeah. to food for the popcorn. And that could be basically why some people are balloons and some people are cocoons because you need the more liquid food for the babies instead of the solids. Yes, if you, if you're going to put something on popcorn, you're going to put a liquid like a butter or a flavor oil or something, or are you going to pour chunks on it? And I'm not talking about like powder, like salt or whatever, because even then you got to put something else on it to get it to stick. Indeed you do. And you know, some people like that baby food. Not me. Oh, I don't either, but some people do. And there's only two things that go on popcorn to me. Salt bacon and grease. butter. What? Bacon grease. Never tried bacon grease. I'm already, yeah. uh, ne I'm already... Next time you make popcorn, put bacon grease on it instead of no. butter. Nope. No, I'm already dealing with enough uh, internal shame putting butter and salt on my popcorn, making well, it as You don't need the salt because the bacon grease. No, I'm not going to go with bacon grease. It's bacon flavor popcorn, dude. No, thank you. It's amazing. I like I like my bacon to taste You know what's like even better? Infuse your like bacon popcorn. grease and then put it on there. Oh. If you what? Infuse your bacon grease first. Uh, if only I lived in California. <laughs> you, you could watch a movie with, with your popcorn and get nice and limber while you're doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, do you know, do you know how high it's estimated that the clowns killed? I think I, I might've mentioned this earlier. You uh, just said 40 a few minutes ago. The, yes, that was the confirmed, but what about estimations as far as what we see in the cocoon room at the end of the movie? Less than the town population. Less than the town population, but we see at least 115 cocoons. They're not all people though. There's at least one dog. Yeah. But I mean, think about it like this. There's a scene. If you've never seen the movie, this is how serious the clowns get about their takeover and their. And this is only one night. This is only one night with the clowns in this town. At one point it shows clowns walking down a busy street with clowns inside the houses of along the street and they're throwing cocoons out of tall windows so that this large machine also piloted by clowns can sweep up the cocoons to be taken back vacuum. to the ship with a giant vacuum yes they're not hiding they're no. not scared of anybody stopping them no. they're just flat out taking over the town cocooning people and taking the bodies away yeah which would have maybe been stopped if the police force had more than two cops on it well one of them was out of town well, the sheriff, yes, the chief. Which makes no sense because Monday. it's a college town. What college town, especially on a weekend, is going to only have two cops on duty? A college town where the most dangerous thing college kids do is two goths who walk through a park drinking wine. With a wine. bottle of wine? Yeah. We were just walking through the park, man. We had a bottle of wine. We didn't do anything. It was like, you punks. Well, He's throw Mooney's an ass anyway because, I mean, he also called her a tramp, which, you know. Yeah, Mooney is, uh, I, I think the Kyoto's described him as a, a pretty fascist cop. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to put it. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think Debbie's quite a bit. I do, however, she think... She led Mike on the whole time. Led Mike on the whole time. Yep. What, what's Mike got going for him? What, Nothing. He, he tells her, he, he tells her, oh, those are the Terenzis. They were my best friends. We would do all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah, that's going to entertain her. Oh, see those guys who are total losers who are, who are ruining everybody's good time? Yeah, those are my best friends. Oh, she's already out. making out with a dude in a rubber raft in the back of a car. That's a true you story. Think the whole what tobacco would do. Well, yeah, and the rubber raft he actually had, and there's reasons there was patches on it because I believe his dad stabbed it with a knife a bunch of times. But that has nothing to do with the fact that she is in the back of a car in a rubber raft with him, and you're making an issue of oh, him saying that he hangs out with these guys is going to be a problem. 
at that point, you're, you're kind saying the raft of accepting, would have been a problem? huh? You're saying the raft would have been a problem? Well, if you're already to that point, then it shouldn't surprise you that he'd also be hanging out with the Terenzis. Oh, apparently she'd never heard of it because he, he, he told her about the Terenzis like it was all brand new stuff as far as yeah. she could tell. How in the hell, the Terenzi brothers are supposed to be like this infamous pair that they, they can't even remember to turn the, the mic off on their loudspeaker in their truck. Everybody knows the Terenzis and yet. Nobody knows who the hell they are. You mean Debbie doesn't know who they are. Dave didn't either. Mooney did. Mooney did. No one else did. Maybe Mooney, maybe Mooney had seen the dark underbelly of the town and that's why he was so cynical. Maybe. Or maybe it was his time in Korea. Maybe he was haunted by the memories of the Terenzi brothers and their blasé attitude towards law and order. And that's when he gave up on the younger generation. Or haunted by hippie. the things he saw in Korea. Probably. Yes. I'd say it would be more likely than haunted by the things that Terenzi's have done. Uh, almost undoubtedly, yes. <laughs> but I can I can make up a stupid dramatic background for anybody. I've noticed. Yeah. Just look at Miller's Crossing. Angela has a finishing school. Tom Regan was a soldier. I still don't understand that one, but whatever. Anyway. Yeah, this is a whole nother movie. My favorite kill is gotta be when Shorty knocks off the biker's head. Okay. I, I don't disagree. Um, that is a kill that we definitely see. We, like you said, we don't see Mooney's kill. Um, but the problem I have with this movie, movie is that you can't watch it and, or I can't watch it and say, this is my favorite part because then another part happens and I think, no, this is my favorite part. Ah. So like, well, what was your favorite kill? Okay. The cocoonings at first it was cool. And then afterwards it's like, okay, that's just their thing. It's not mm -hmm. a big deal. I think the cocooning the cotton candy cocoon thing is a cool twist it's something unique why do they do it again why do they do it yeah. it's basically like when a spider cocoon cocoons uh, no, uh no, fly no, or whatever no, no. and it liquefies them no they do it because they're clowns oh i thought you were asking me to explain the cocoon no. but yes it is cotton candy because it is clown the cocoon thing not necessarily because they're clowns, but cotton candy cocoons because they're clowns. Indeed. But yeah, like I said, it's something that's unique, but it's something that it's not like, okay, they did it the one time. So maybe the first time you actually see it, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Actual kills that you see, it would have to be shorties because that's, I think that's really the only one you see. Though I do like the invisible car. That was a good one. And the clown who did that was? Huh? What was the name of the clown with the invisible car? <sighs> Slim. I'm trying to remember. Wasn't he also Spike? No. Uh, Spike had spiky hair. Slim. Was oh, no. His is. Okay. Yeah. Because, well, there was a couple of them with spiky hair, but there was one that was was specifically Spike. But Slim again, we're, we're talking about clowns that they have multiple names. So. Yeah. Well, Slim um, had, Slim had, I think he had the pink outfit and he had. Uh, yeah, he was a like, lot taller too. He, he looked like he had balloons glued to his the top of his head they, they actually uh, look like some sort of weird antenna growing out the center of his head like a mohawk or something uh okay yeah i was just just trying to figure out though that the way that these clowns could be time travelers why would they be time travelers because the invisible car that was joe lombardo oh yeah and joe lombardo was well, the first was one that they saw the in the cocoon right well luckily he wasn't named he no uh, he calls himself joe when he's driving, he says, okay, come on, Joe. He's, he re refers to himself as Joe. Luckily, Joe is a very common name. Yeah, luckily. And then you watch the commentary and they say, yeah, that's Joe Lombardo. 
and that gives yeah. it away. Because the movie was supposed to start with the scene of the clown running the guy off the road, but they moved it to another part of the film and just you know deleted the name. Now, for whatever reason, early in the film, we see Mike identify one of the bodies in the cocoons as Joe Lombardo. Well, they really wanted to do the scene. That was uh, that was what made them want to do this movie was the thought of that scene. Everything from the, the movie the was spawned car. from that thought. Yeah, that's that's kind of what brought everything about was that one initial idea. So they had to include that, but everything was going so wrong with getting it to work. They had to cut out why he was driving down the road by himself. They had to cut out the, well, not cut out. They had to not do the intended crash because they could only crash the car the one time and they royally uh, screwed it up think, the first time. Uh, that the Kyoto brothers... Um, were particularly limber when they came up with various elements of the film? I would say probably probably not, but looking at it, you almost have to say they had to be. Hmm. But being that it's clowns, you kind of have to go that way. So it, it gives that appearance. So I don't know. Oh, and you know, you know what was the most scary thing about Mooney's uh, scene in the police house? Uh, w the suction sound when he pulls a hand out and swipes all the blood onto the floor that is that was scary uh it really sold the scene uh, -huh. uh but what i was going to say is uh more along the lines of a bit of a gag you what, have the two thumbprints on the face with the blood running down his mouth no you have two yeah. very scary things sharing screen time right then you have a ventriloquist dummy which is inherently scary in and of itself uh the ventriloquist made out of a dead body ventriloquist yeah, that dummy help. made out of a dead body which makes it even more scarier and you have a clown which is scary in and of itself so you have a, a and they made him look like the ventri ventriloquist dummy because they used bloody thumbprints on the cheeks to give him that kind of red dot kind of rosy cheek look and then the corners of his mouth had blood running down to make it look like the dummy mouth or the dummy chin or jaw or whatever you want to say yeah right and uh it's just very effective based on john vernon's performance where he i think they're not a gonna make a dummy out of me bullshit foreshadowed it it's hard for me when watching the movie now it's hard for me when he says that line to not just say i call bullshit huh. what would you change about the movie if you could is it a perfect film grim um it, it, it's it's not a perfect film that's for sure um I hate the fact that he uses the gun to pop the balloon. It, it bugs me every time because there's so many other ways he could have done it. But again, it just goes to the, the fact that he is a, an idiot cop. The one thing I would change is a little bit of editing that even the Kyotos said that they would change. When the Terenzis fall into the ball pit, they cut to the ball pit and then go oh, yeah. back to Mike and Dave and watch Tripping Mike trip over the Terenzis. But then goes back to the ball pit again. It's like that first cut should not have been there. The should have just had him fall been. out of screen and then have the the line with Mike and Dave and then cut to them in the ball pit. And the line that Mike says to Dave is the Terenzi brothers, they always land on their feet. Cut to them landing in the ball pit. Yeah. That would have that would have been a, a better edit. But uh, like I said, the editor of this film went on to do uh, maybe a have a very solid career in Hollywood. It doesn't mean that he couldn't have made a mistake at some point. Good not it does indeed. So since we're already asking what you would change, I guess, what would you change? I would maybe, and, and this is, and, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but it, it just always takes me out of the movie that anybody is looking at these clowns and see, thinking that they're human clowns. I think the most logical time anyone looked at the clown and didn't think anything weird is the two girls in front of the drugstore. 
when he, the clown was acting like a robotic clown. Yeah, because it, it would it would have made more sense for it to yeah. be a robotic clown. That, that made more sense for them to not question the look than anything else. But when Shorty is coming up, I mean, do, do people think these are people in clown masks or something? A very elaborate makeup? Or, I don't know. Because I, when Slim walks up with the shadow puppets and starts doing the shadow puppets, I, well, you know, that could explain the entire thing right there. Because there is no way to logically explain the puppets that were being formed by that that creature's yeah, by hands wiggling and it's not even like intertwining fingers it's wiggling your fingers so just your fingertips touch and you somehow make washington crossing the delaware and having the characters move while doing it and having waves be visible on the bottom of the boat i don't know i don't remember the waves i do remember the boat waves. rocking and i do remember the characters in the boat moving so that says to me that the people of crescent cove are dumb yeah which I mean, no one, no one questioned that. They didn't question the belly dancer. They didn't question the the elephant. They did not. So the people of Crescent Cove are incredibly dumb, or that is just part of the weird internal logic of the film that I, as I have already said, is somewhat hypnotic to me. It uh, it sucks the viewer in and has them just go along for the ride. Yeah, it's not. Yes, it's a horror movie, but it's not a horror movie. It's a comedy. It's a, well, it's a horror comedy, but it's not something that like you put on because you want a scary movie. It is a fun movie with a few with at least one genuinely scary scene. And I guess it it does also depend on your level of fear of clowns, which, as we all know, is called coulrophobia. And I've watched reaction and so what i do for the for for the movies is once we decide okay this is what we're going to do i'll watch the movie at some point during the week ahead of time before we record i might watch it a few times but the day we record i generally right before we record have just finished watching the movie mm -hmm. but in the meantime because i've seen so many of these movies so many times i'll go on youtube and look for reactions for them just to get another viewpoint I'm like Miller's Crossing. I didn't really do that because it was the first time I had seen it. Mm. But it's like, okay, well, I've seen this movie so many times. I need to get fresh eyes. So I'll watch and see, okay, well, what are, what are people thinking? Because, you know, sometimes you've, you, you read something so much or you watch something so much. It's so set in your head that you forget that some of those things were even questions that you had when you first saw it. That's true. So I like to do that just to kind of remind myself that, you know, sometimes these movies have problems that I've overlooked because I like the movie so much. Uh, um, when did you first see uh, Killer Clowns? Well, it has nothing to do with the YouTube thing. Well, no, it doesn't. Uh, uh, now I'm uh, curious though. You, you mentioned seeing it many times. And, uh, oh yeah. And, well, I'm trying to remember when I first saw it. It's been many years. Uh, I know it was on VHS when I first watched it, mm. but yeah, like I was saying, I, I'll watch the YouTube reaction videos to get an idea of what people are thinking. And so many times, it's it's a person that is afraid of clowns. It's like, yeah, I well, didn't watch this because I have them. a fear of clowns. And some of them, it's like, even just the thought of putting the movie on had them in a panic attack. Or the first times a clown would appear, but yet as they watched the movie and and got into the movie itself and was like, this is a fun movie. Yes, the clowns are terrifying, but the movie itself is kind of fun. And the number of people that have those clown phobias and watch the movie and end up liking the movie despite the phobia, I think is a testament to how good the movie is. No, uh, I think the first time I saw the movie was either on HBO or TBS or something. 
when I was uh, younger and in the 90s. And uh, see, I keep hearing about how this movie's on TV, all, was on TV all the time. I don't remember ever seeing it on TV. I remember seeing it on TV at some point. Um, might have possibly on TNT with Monster Vision or TBS or uh, something. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it on any of that. And I used to watch, anytime there was a horror movie on TV, that especially with something that had a name like this, I'd make sure, okay, that's what I'm watching tonight. And that's, uh, it's just... One of the things that you have to talk about with Killer Clowns is just what a great title that is, I think. Yeah, you don't really need much of a setup. You just, Killer, killer Clowns from Outer Space. What's the movie about? Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. and they, What do it, they do? It, clown stuff and kill people. They're killer clowns. Yeah. And it's, it's, and the movie just, there's something to be said about a movie that has a simple title and delivers perfectly on that title. Speaking of delivering perfectly, that mom really was about to deliver up her girl to that fucking clown. You mean Jumbo, who was outside waiting for her with a hammer? How she just let her daughter walk away and was damn near outside before even realizing and getting to her. And then doesn't even notice this gigantic clown that's trying to beckon her towards him. All she's worried about, get back in here and eat your food before you go play. Well, uh, I've known, I've heard many times and in, in, in what small experience I have in child care, I, I have found it to be true, is that kids can be s- slippery. Oh, and yeah. the, fa- the fact of the matter is, is like you look away for one minute, you turn around, they can be in the other side, on the other side of the house, or yeah. they can, if you're at the mall with them, you can, you can let go of their hand for a minute. To look at something, turn around, they are vanished. And suddenly you have lost the kid. And yeah. you have to, you and have this to kid immediately go moved into panic slow. Mode. So it's not like she quickly went over there. But again, she was right there at the door. A glass door that walking up to it, you can see through. So she should have been able to see this clown going up to her daughter. Before she even got to her daughter, she should have seen the clown. She was a somewhat oblivious parental figure. Yes, that is my point. But uh, I'm just saying, kids, kids can get away from you i think that's really when this movie took a turn what when he was gonna beat your head in with i think mallet? that i think that's the darkest part of this movie was him at that restaurant trying to get that girl to come out uh yeah it could could very well be i mean he and wasn't, it wasn't he, like he had it hit the cotton candy gun or anything. he had a mallet waiting waiting for her the only reason to have something. that mallet is because you're gonna hit her over the head yeah he looked like he was planning to squash her like a pancake yeah his plan was to call a little girl out and squash her with a giant mallet. And the clowns are strong. They can knock a person's head off, and that was just Shorty. So who knows how strong Jumbo is? Well, I don't know if necessarily you'd have to say that they're all strong, because, you know, not all people are strong. Why would all the clowns have to be? I'm, I'm not saying they're all strong, but uh, I, I can imagine, uh, based on just Shorty, uh, if, we're, if we're going by sheer muscle mass, then Shorty should be the weakest one. But he... I bet there's to, people shorter than you that are stronger than you, though. Indeed, there are, and there, I yes, but I, I, I think short shorty didn't look particularly buff compared None to the other clowns. Did. Yeah, all right. I and that you've, you know, I was just trying to make a simple <laughs> point about how the short one probably wasn't strong because, but you know, uh, but now you you've taken it off on a tangent. Now I'm thinking about how uh, I. You should think your arguments out better before before you bring them on them to me because I keep punching holes in them. And it's not that I'm trying. It's just you're making some kind of weak arguments here. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to be a better podcaster. Just anyway. come at me with something stronger because I come with nothing. <laughs> I just watch the movies. I don't come prepared. I was just saying that if, if he looked like he was going to do some damage with that mallet. Yeah. 
and he, he's a big scary clown mm -hmm. and uh based on the evidence of of shorty being able to knock oh yeah he probably would have flattened her like a pancake yes exactly yeah and it probably would have been done for some very gratuitous gore scene with a, a dark com comedic aspect i think if it was done now most likely it would have been worse or it, and if it wasn't with if it wasn't on a kid they probably would have had a mallet kill for the gore somewhere else no i i actually found a wicked uh, a fan wiki for killer clowns from outer space and when it was talking about jumbo the clown uh which is the clown with the mallet it said jumbo is is portrayed as being the most sadistic and vicious of the clowns but this in and the wiki goes into some detail on this note where it says or on this point where it says though this is largely contentious because jumbo has some of the most screen time it's possible that all the other clowns were just as sadistic and cruel and we just didn't see what see them doing it as much as we did jumbo and see this leads me into another point because i do completely agree because as a team of clowns they pretty much annihilated an entire town and we only followed a few of them right but Throughout the course of this movie, it's not played out in real time. Otherwise, it's just Debbie in the course of a, a night. And people have complained for many years about this extremely long shower. And in the commentary, the Kyotos acknowledge the fact that people complain about the extremely long shower. And they're like, but this is all in one night. So if you think about how long she's in there, it's maybe 20 minutes of shower time, including getting out and dressed and everything. But that's over the course of all the events of the night, while all these other things are going on, 20 minutes of movie time is not 20 minutes of, of event time. Exactly. Uh, I, for one, would think, uh, like, by that logic, like, if the shower only took as long as a normal shower because it only took up so much uh, time in the film, only 20 minutes or so, then by that logic, the entire, all the events of the movie took about an hour and 28 minutes to happen from beginning to end. Or I have, I, 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 I have a theory, the as long as, as, long as you can make that. theories based on no evidence, I'm going to do that as well. My well, theory goes to the that fact wasn't that a theory that was, uh, that was me trying to contradict the Kyoto's. Oh no, I'm, I'm not saying just as far as this movie, I'm talking about in general. Okay. Um, I'm going to make a theory about this shower that okay. is based on no evidence other than the fact that it's, um, not a fixed shower head. And her plans for the evening got cut short. Oh, I see. That's so you why think it was such was a long shower. So pleasuring herself in there. It got to explain the length of the shower somehow. You think Suzanne Snyder's character, Debbie, was masturbating like for a I long was trying not to actually go as far as saying it. I was just going to imply and let people try and figure it out. think she was using the removable shower head and using it to stimulate her vagina and clitoris in a manner that would make her orgasm while she while she stood naked in the shower with hot water. Again, I was not going to really. Plowing over her luscious breasts luscious i i you're I, really stretching for some descriptives aren't you trying trying to figure out a way to make this sound even worse when all i was trying to do was subtly kind of imply put that, that she was thought out there herself like a like a like a jackrabbit no i wasn't i wasn't gonna go that far i'm just thinking you know she might have been pleasuring herself with the shower maybe that's why it was taking so long she was horny as hell and she went for it well, she had about 40 layers on that she had to take off. So there's that too. She was hot for Mike in his shower or was she hot for Dick? Well, for she apparently was after David laughs again. and not stability. Okay. So at least in the beginning of the movie, she was. Well, that's, uh, maybe she was at that point in her life. And then the point by where the end she, of the movie, she was after stability and didn't care about laughs anymore, apparently. According to you, she's a bitch. 
Yeah, she is. Okay. Well, that likes showers. <laughs> anyway. You love when I start throwing theories out, don't you? I like that one. Because <laughs> that one actually gave you a better, better mental picture than some of my others? Indeed. Indeed it did. I'm going to have to peruse her other films a bit more. Oh, and, you know, as long as we're talking about times and everything, it's time for something else. I have a little surprise for you. What's that? So, I, I, I've been told that... No, this concept surprise. Tell me what it is. Well, I, I've been told I have to play this nice little ad for a sponsor here. So, sit back what? and relax. In 1988, a big top unit was sent to harvest from a small blue planet and were blown up for doing their job. These clowns left behind some forces when trying to escape before their ship was savagely destroyed. Today, still hunted by the government, they survive as clowns for rent. If you have a circus, if no one will be missed, and you like cotton candy, maybe you can hire the K-Team. Okay, how long does it go on? It was gone. It was like 30 seconds. Are you pitching a sequel for the Kyoto Brothers now? <laughs> No. Oh, you clearly came up with that on your own and recorded it with a little bit of music behind it. You think? Yeah. It was and either it was that well done, or well I was going to do one for the, the Terenzi brothers in the ice cream truck. Are you going to do an advertisement, like a fake advertisement? Uh, yeah, it was one or the other. And I thought that one just sounded better. Hey, do you like ice cream? And do you like making out? Then wait for the Terenzi brothers to show up at Top of the World. We're Top of the World Ice Cream and we're coming to you guys for a refreshing treat. Who just wants beer and peanuts all night at Makeout Point? Not us. No. We're coming with ice cream. Yeah, I was thinking something that kind of incorporated the whole lick-a-stick thing. I don't. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. That would have been a better way to go. Yeah, tasty treat for while you screw that their line. It's like listening to that. It's like, okay, that made me want to do something. But then with what they said, what I would want to do is exactly what they said. It's like, why not just watch the movie and listen to them that I just said, you know what? Why not have some fun? Oh, it sounded good. It was a process all for a 30 second ad that I probably should have had shorter. I think you knocked it out of the park. I think you, <laughs> you should give yourself a pat on the back. I was hoping for more of a reaction, at least a laugh or something, rather than just you sitting there like, what the fuck is he doing now? I found it entertaining. It's hard to make me laugh. I'm far too cynical nowadays. The most I ever get out is a chuckle. Yeah, and you didn't even get a chuckle. I got to try I went, harder. I went and saw this movie tonight where I had to watch a trailer for something called Blippy. That sounds like a clown thing. No, it, it, it's some sort of dinosaur hunter searching for eggs in a ball pit while children are holding a mama T-Rex at bay. Okay. And I, I sat there watching it and I thought, what in the hell, what in the hell shit was that? Which is interesting because this movie also has a T-Rex in a ball pit. It doesn't. Well, yes. I, it, yes, it does. It the Funhouse has a T-Rex and the Trenzies fell in the ball pit. Where they met Daisy and Rosebud. That are not Debbie's roommates. They are not Debbie's roommates, but they saw them and thought, are you Debbie's roommates? Well, because they had big boobs. Indeed. And they were told that Debbie's roommates had big boobs, which oh. makes me wonder something. How stupid are the Terenzis? Um, Well, I wasn't going to go that far with it. Uh, actually, I wasn't going to say it really much about the intelligence level of the Terenzis. I was thinking more the clowns themselves. So at one point in the movie, different theories are being tossed around about who these creatures are and why they're there. Why, why the clowns are on Earth. Yes. By uh, Dave, Mike, and uh, the Terenzi brothers. Yeah. So one thing was, well, maybe this is where our our idea of clowns comes from. Maybe they've been visiting Earth for quite a while. 
which is a plausible theory. It is. Everything that they're tossing out makes sense. It isn't. It does indeed. These and are, it's one of the few times when you have scenes like that, when the, the characters are trying to figure out what's going on and they're saying these ideas and all the ideas could be right. Yeah. Uh, that, I think that was some quality writing in that scene. But then it kind of makes me wonder if this is the only time they came to earth, how would they know so much about the operations of earth and how things work, what people do? If this isn't the first time they've come to Earth, and Mike was right as well, and they have been coming to Earth for a while, and that's where our, where our idea of clowns came from, then a lot of things would make sense about how they know things. But that still doesn't tell me how they know like people's names. Or when the Trinsies fell in the ball pit, okay, yeah, so they were female clowns. How did they know that it was the big boobs that would get these two interested instead of something else? Maybe, maybe it could have been like longer legs or something rather than big boobs. So it makes me wonder if the clowns don't have some kind of ability to read minds. It could be. Because then that would explain how they know when people, what people are home instead of just going to every house and insisting, oh, well, we're going to have to go in. Well, they could just go to the ones that have people in it. They know the names of the people because they can read the minds. Maybe they can detect thoughts. But uh, it takes a it takes a little more effort for them to read specific ones. Well, and it could be that they can only read, like human minds, so that's why they still have to talk to each other rather than just telepathic communication. What I was wondering is why do the clowns have uh, female clowns with breasts and presumably uh, differing sexual sex organs when it seems like the 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 clowns spawn by a popcorn in an incubator? Did, did you just ask a? a a why question? Because they're clowns. That's why. Be that as it may, it doesn't seem... It, it doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't need to make they're sense. They're clowns. Right? It doesn't need to make sense. I think it. I, I think it's possibly a, a, a three-stage reproductive cycle along possibly. the lines of alien. It could be. They could be the, the queens. There were only two of them as opposed to a lot of men. That's why I said queens and not queen. But now we're going to do a quick rundown of the list of the names of the clowns. Oh, shit, we are? I okay, am. Let me get comfortable because I remember Shorty, Slim, and a couple others that I can't remember at the top, right? And a couple others I don't remember. <laughs> it's not that long. No. Well, there's like but 30 of them. Yeah. Now How is that not have, long? We have Jumbo, a.k.a. Killer, played by Brett Leonard. We have Rudy, who was played by someone named Mitch Bryant. We have one called Spiky. We have one called Bibbo, but one but whose name might also be Bubbles. Then we have Shorty, whose name is also Tiny, and the rest of them have single names. We have Fatso, Slim, Chubby, Joe, Magori, Talls, Storefront, Frank, Boko, Baldo, Rosebud, Daisy, and then Jojo the Clownzilla. And that was one I've wondered because they say we call this one clownzilla and i know that it's been called jojo is the jojo the clown from the terenzi brothers truck is that kind of like a like a foreshadowing to this jojo is, is no the idea. fact that they say yeah the great and powerful jojo or whatever they say and that gets all the other clowns attention because well they know jojo is the leader so that's they're thinking maybe that's it and then clownzilla shows up but the, the reason that there's two JoJo's seems weird when everything else is so distinct. My theory is this, uh, when the, when the clowns saw the, well, this makes no sense considering they're a race of technologically advanced creatures. Um, they're they clowns. see the eyes, 
they see the ice cream truck with a with this talking clown head. They think it's a rival clan leader that's riding around in an armored vehicle. Is this a, is this an assumption that you have? No, this is a ridiculous theory I'm making up right now. Okay, so this is an assumption you have. Okay. Yes. Uh, the clowns see a, a rival chieftain show up in this armored vehicle that hides his body, and uh, he he's carrying humans along with him. Like, uh, he's brought treats for them, but, uh, they already have a chieftain who now comes down to face the challenger, and that chieftain is Clownzilla. But for whatever reason, as it were, the Terenzis, when they said, beware Jojo, the great whatever they called it, uh, they didn't know that they were actually naming the, uh, the chieftain of that clown ship already, or something. I don't know. It makes no sense. Uh, which part? What you said, or the fact that they were JoJo and Clownzilla is also JoJo? Both. Okay, I'll agree with that. Good. Because <laughs> what you said makes no sense. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. All right, the idea is that <laughs> when the Terenzi show up and they have the giant clown head that's talking on their car. Do they, they know at- their truck has doors on the back? I don't know. I would assume. Well, then why didn't they just go out the back doors? Because they had to hide in the ice cream. Well, they could have all gone out the back doors instead of jumping out of the truck and running. They could have just gone out the back doors once they got into the truck. Maybe the, maybe the truck was too crowded with ice cream for them to get to the back doors. I don't know how that would have happened because the Terenzis went from the front of the truck to the back of the truck when they looked to see the damage when the car ran, the cop car ran into them. Yeah, you got a point there. And, okay... I'm not a mechanic, so I don't know all there is to know about the workings of vehicles. Um, I do know with like a house door, if you take the doorknob off, it's really hard to keep it closed. Yes. Um, on a car door, if the handle's not there and the lock's not there, how hard is it to keep the door closed? Um, well, it can come open on a hard stop. Because when the cop car rear ends them, we see the back door and there's no handle or lock or anything. It's just like the hole where it should be. Mm. There's no damage to the doors or anything. So it's not like the doors couldn't open because it was damaged from the accident. But the only thing I can think of is for some reason they couldn't open it because of that. But even then, I would assume that you'd still have to be able to open it somehow to load and unload your freezers or else just going in through the front and bringing everything in is going to be a pain in the ass yes i would assume the back doors did open yeah so once they ran into the ship everyone could have escaped through the back doors they could have but that wouldn't have been as cool as watching them fight clownzilla no and it was a it was amazing job with how they did the miniatures and the perspective shots and everything it wasn't near as, as obvious as a lot of movies, even compared to ones made today, that there's miniatures and perspective shots. Indeed. Uh, when uh, Clownzilla picks up the uh, little miniature Dave, that is one fine little miniature Dave that works very well for the scene. Well, yeah, and you go from having the perspective shot with Clownzilla, and then you have Dave with a giant hand, and then Clownzilla with a miniature Dave, and then a perspective shot with the hand and Dave and Clownzilla. And you have a great shot of uh, clown the, the suit actor Clownzilla standing on a 15-foot ladder. So he's really close to the camera while he looms down on the over the uh, assorted people running. Great miniature work with the exploding ice cream truck. They really pulled out a lot of great tricks to make, this, yeah. make the shots work. What I thought was funny, though, well, not what I thought was funny, though, 
One of the things I think is funny is when they're running away and it gets to, oh, another door, another door, that scene, which I can't get to that scene and not every time he opens the door say, another door. He just keeps saying it. Um, Which that scene, I think, is even funnier knowing about the deleted scene where they had a room and it's like, oh, it's just a bunch of doors. Which one do we go through? But since that was deleted, it doesn't help the joke any. No. But when they get through these doors, they've been running through a maze of hallways that you can't map out. The The layout of this ship is more confusing than the layout of the Overlook. Um, it, does have, it does have some pretty strange corridors. And then they go through these little, or this one little door, turn around. Basically, they lock it by putting the shotgun through the handle so they can't open, the door can't open. And then they climb on top of where they came out which is essentially just a bunch of round discs, like a round, like birthday cake. How did cake. that hallway fit into that little, yeah. that, that thing? Where did they come from? Space and time bend in the, uh, in the killer clowns, a ship. Yeah. It, the, the ship makes no sense, but again, they're clowns. They're clowns. The, the monster. Clowning up space and time itself. The monster down the, the pole. Does that pole go all the way through the creature and out its ass? I would hope not for the creature. Does the pole sake. just stop at one point and the creature is just kind of there waiting? According to the Kyotos, that's just a monster they keep in the basement and how if they if they had had time, they could have maybe shown the one of the clowns actually getting eaten by the thing. Well, yeah, but that doesn't tell me anything about that pole because that monster comes up the pole. It's not like it's next to it or whatever. It comes up the pole itself. So at some point it had to get underneath it unless the pole goes either stops at some point or goes all the way through it if i could get back to <laughs> how i how i was explaining jojo and the rival chieftains Uh-oh. basically the way i re- i read the scene is is that the terenzi brothers bust in and they actually manage to hypnotize the clowns with their truck for whatever stupid reason yes. that's all that really happens yeah and that's all you and, need to know and they say jojo the clown is here you must do his bidding or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. And as it just so happens, supposedly Clownzilla is named Jojo. Do, all of a sudden, do, do, I, I forget. Do the clowns start saying Jojo, 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 or anything like that? Do, does no. Jojo Clownzilla get named Cl- no. Jojo the Clownzilla? No. It uh, never so, gets named anything. So it's None of the clowns the, get named anything. Not, no, none of them do. So the scene works the way it works because... It's just a stupid thing that they came up with, apparently, where the car busts in. They see this giant clown and it's talking and they're, they're Hypnotized. amazed by it. Yeah. yeah. And it says it's the great, powerful Jojo. And they're like, oh, and like Shorty's ears wiggle. And then they're all excited. Yeah. Is there anything else we could cover? I think we're coming to an end. So when, when, when you watch this movie. I don't laugh much because I've seen it so many times. Well, that, and apparently you don't laugh. We've already established that. Yes. I'm a joyless creature. Um, but when you watch this movie, is this, is this one that you watch at, like you just kind of put it on or is it like you sit and watch it? It doesn't matter. Uh, or is it something that you try to reserve for like when there's people around? Cause some movies are just better with other people. Some movies, it's, it doesn't matter. It's not really a movie I like enough to watch very often, but I do enjoy it when I watch it. And uh, it's like, I, I realized when I popped in the DVD to watch it because I couldn't find it anywhere to stream for free. YouTube um, has it for free. Who? YouTube. I don't watch movies on YouTube. Okay, well, 
you can watch it on YouTube for free. So talking about there's no place to stream it. There it is. Well, IMDb needs to include YouTube in its recommendations for streaming. YouTube also has all the the um, Showa era Godzillas and all the Gamera's up until I think Gamera the Brave. I think it is. Well, what happens if YouTube goes down and I need to watch Gamera the Brave? Then you watch it on physical media, right, just like then. we've established. I'm just saying, if you're looking for some place to watch it online, and they don't always have. I mean, they don't have like the same movies all the time. Godzilla's right. been on there for a while. Gamera's been on there for a while. Killer Clowns gets rotated out after a while. There's been quite a few. And it, it's weird because Is a it lot of the movies that we do, there? like Fifth Element was on there, but Fifth Element didn't even show up for me to watch until after we covered it. Well, hold on. Is it officially on there for free to watch or is it just somebody uploaded it sort of pirating? Probably both. Okay. But no, that's like, you can go into YouTube and go to movies and it's in there. Hmm. Uh, but look, I, one of the things watching this movie, I realized when I was watching it to, for this was, uh, that I hadn't seen it in its entirety in a long time. Shame, shame, so, shame. Yes, shame. Uh, it, so it was nice to get a little refresher course on killer clowns and, uh, it was, I'd completely forgotten about the Mooney, uh, ventriloquist dummy scene. So that was a, that actually took me completely by surprise. Shame. Yes. I'm sorry, but Killer Clowns was never, it's not a movie I've taken that seriously. As it's far not as, a movie uh, to take serious. I, it's, I, I just don't, I, I see it as more of an outlier for the most part. I, I don't see it as a, a movie that, you know, it, it didn't spawn a franchise. It, it It's a very silly concept. It but, didn't spawn a franchise, yet they've been trying to make a sequel for it since pretty much the beginning. It looks like Netflix actually is going to now. Uh, but that rumor's been on and off for a while. The video the game is out on Steam right now, and supposedly at some point this year, it's going to be out on all the consoles, and I think including the Switch, I don't know, but definitely PlayStation and Xbox. I'm more of a Hellraiser Friday the 13th kind of guy, but the fact is, is I have gained a new appreciation for Killer Clowns from Outer Space based on just uh, my watching in the recent years, along with the fact that here I just sat down and watched it sober because that's that's another way i've been rediscovering a lot of movies is uh having now that i don't drink as much i uh i watch these movies sober for the first time in years and uh it's like oh yeah that part i forgot about that part that's a pretty good that's a pretty well done thing right there they did speaking of drinking mm -hmm. this movie had a lot of beer it did not a brand just beer oh yeah just uh just can white of beer. cans said beer Chris Titus drinking, drinking it in his first on-screen appearance. Yeah, walking across the street, drinking beer, getting cussed out by a lot of cans me. of beer on the on the ground at top of the world. But this, I I have actually I've watched this movie on loop multiple times. Um, last summer, I don't know how many times I watched this movie. Last summer, a friend and I would watch it pretty regular and then like we'd go fishing and sitting there like night fishing and like okay well it's dark it's not like we can really enjoy the view or anything there's not a whole lot going on so while we we're sitting there just grab the ipad and put on killer clowns and watch that while we we're fishing it, watching this, a movie while you fish that that seems like uh that that seems like well when it's like sort of travesty or something. well it's like two in the morning and there's not a whole lot going on it's not like you can see anything else wouldn't the movie scare the fish, though? We weren't in a boat. Oh, okay. So it's not like we would have that issue. Um, mm. But oddly enough, once we finished that and put on Godzilla, that's when we started getting bites. So 
you know, maybe Godzilla scared the fish out of the water. Very well could have. But yeah, this, this movie is, okay. At one point we were going to do a rating thing and like every so often at one point it was going to be every month. Then I changed my mind. It's like, oh, well, let's do it quarterly. And then I changed my mind again because I realized what we were doing and what I was trying to do. And it would have been ridiculous. And this movie is a reason why, or a reason why, um, because part of the rating was like, we'd talked about the, who like the lead actors, the lead actresses, the makeup, the, the music, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, at one point there was even like quotability. Mm-hmm. Like how often, how often do you quote the movie or like the best original song, the best use of music. And then I started looking at the movies that were coming up that we had already agreed on. And I realized like Big Lebowski would have just annihilated so many of those for me at least. And then this one, what was that? You are a dudist priest. Well, yeah, there's that. But then this movie for quotability, I quote this movie far more than Big Lebowski. What do you um, want? This is an ice cream truck. Uh, and the music, I think the the opening song is a, the perfect song for this movie. Mm. It it fits everything. I mean, this this would have just ruined that entire rating scale until we started talking about the acting. Mm. But uh, everything else, the it's acting like, is so so bad. Is that what you're saying? Oh you're yeah, saying the acting, acting is not good. Oh, it's fine. They sell it. They oh, do yeah. Fine. And the the bad acting, I think, is kind of what helps make the movie so much fun. Because sometimes the bad acting in a, especially a movie like this, it helps. It's like, okay, it's more to laugh at. But I, I decided, you know, we can't do that kind of thing because there's going to be movies like this that just ruin everything else. Hmm. Yes, I suppose it would. You know what my favorite quote in the in Killer Clowns is? Go ahead. He cut me off. That son of a bitch cut me off. That's your favorite quote? I don't know why. (laughs) I don't either because this movie is full of great lines. No, uh, but for some reason I remember one of the first times I watched it, I remember this like, I remember being like a a young teenage kid and just thinking, wow, he's really pissed. He got cut off by the other cop. He's really mad about it. Like I thought it was just hilarious that the that the that the younger cop could get so angry about being cut off by the other the older cop. And I, I just I don't know. It, it's always stuck with me. Whenever I see that line, I, that that actually gives me a smile. It's like he cut me off. That son of a bitch. He cut me off. <laughs> yeah, you're really pissed about it too, aren't you, Dave? <laughs> I don't laugh much, but I do laugh at that for some reason. Yeah, I. I... I would have to say that it's definitely a, for some reason, because with, like I said, with everything else said in this movie, I, I, I don't know why that would be the quote to remember. That's mine, man. Yeah, Cause I mean, there's like, there's the, they're cl- well, the other popcorn, one was, why popcorn? Because they're clowns. That's why. I, my other one is, what do you expect? This is an ice cream truck. Yeah. That's one of my favorites too. I mean, there's, there's so many good lines and Mike, what do you expect this is an ice cream truck? And uh, again, this movie bugs me because as I watch it, I keep thinking this is, this is the best part. This is my favorite part. And then I watch the next part and I change my mind. I, throughout the whole movie, it's like, that was a great line or I love this part. There's really nothing I can point out to that is my favorite 
there's there's so many good lines, so many good scenes, and it's not because it's it's not because it's a good movie. It's because it's a fun movie. It is a fun movie, and I and I wish the Kyoto Brothers could have maybe done a few more of them. To be honest, and, and maybe not and it's all practical. What? It's all practical. Exactly. It has amazing effect. Yeah. But it's just I I wish the Kyoto Brothers could have maybe gotten a a few more chances to make a movie that they loved. And, you know, just, or maybe just done the script for somebody else. Maybe some goofball script that comes across their way. They could have directed that, but I, I, They've I think. They've done other movies. I, yeah, but mostly as, as not as directors for the most part. I think they've, I, 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 I think they should be better respected than they are for making such a fun movie like this. Okay. I think this is a movie that deserves a place on the shelf. Like, uh, anybody Kevin. that, anybody that actually has physical media this movie deserves to be on the shelf and it's on mine damn it i've been waiting for the game to come out on for a console because i just i refuse to go on to steam and try and play a game do you know the name of the little red-haired clown that's often on the cover that's it's not shorty no it i know it's not like shorty, shorty but it is one of them its name is magori so okay because i was gonna say it looks like one of the others but that's not one of the names that I would he, he's only he's only in the movie when all the clowns come out toward the end oh, okay it, it, it was just for some reason his his weird creepy face stuck with the marketing people and he's been on dvd covers and posters and all sorts of stuff oh well and that depends on which dvd cover you're looking at too because the newer indeed. ones are a lot darker yeah and i, have I mean a, that one has has a little bit of a darkness to it but the new ones look more like it's a full-on horror movie yeah i liked the one with the the clown hand spinning the the planet like a basketball on its that's finger. just a great poster that was the original poster one sheet for the movie i think that's that's with with imdb that's what it pictures for the picture for the movie is the the clown hand spinning earth like a top and uh i wish i wish that if i ever if i ever buy this on 4k it better damn well have that it probably that won't for the cover what it probably won't you have, as far as I know, that cover was only on very limited number of VHS. It wasn't like the, a wide release and then a, like a limited edition. It was like, it, it was only released for a certain time or it was only in a certain area or something. There was, there was a very limited amount of that VHS cover. And well, as far look, as I know, it never is, went anywhere else. I, I love it when a DVD or a Blu-ray has the classic film poster as it's, oh, yeah. as it's box art. But the conductor's back and ass are starting to hurt, so this train is coming to a stop. It's time to say goodbye here in the movie car. We hope everyone out there in the podcast land was able to get a maybe a little bit of new appreciation for Killer Clowns. We didn't talk about it much. We talked about it plenty. We talked Thanks about it a bunch. Who, we, we, well, we went on a lot of tangents, but that's, that's just part of the fun. Yeah. We would have had more fun if I could have got drunker. Thanks to everyone who <laughs> listened and did, downloaded. We love all of you. Thanks to our mutual friend. And please like, subscribe, comment, heart, star. Tell your friends about us or criticize us. Comment uh, about yeah, the, us. The comments and everything really do help with the funky al- algorithms. The listening the, the listening numbers helps, but the likes and the, the stars and, and the comments and everything, that's really what trips the algorithm. So the, the systems realize, oh, well, maybe we can put this show out to other people. And that's, that's what gets us to where we can grow and i don't know get better mics yeah someday maybe get somebody that knows something about editing <laughs> someday grim someday 
But be good to each other out there. We're all stuck together in this crazy train, and we're all we have in here. So bye for now, folks. Watch out for cotton candy. And popcorn. Why popcorn? Because it's, it, well, it's, it's oh, bad for you. Oh, you really, you're going to flub that one? What? Popcorn. Why popcorn? Because they're clowns. That's oh, why. I know, loud. <laughs> I tried to walk you into it. I've been up a long time. And? And I'm tired. And my back hurts. And? And I need to go smoke something and drink something. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, yeah, watch out for cotton candy and popcorn. Because they're clowns. By the way, I'm smoking tobacco. I don't, uh, where I, I live in a, oh, I, I don't live in a California state, as it were. Joe Bob calls them California states and Texas states. Okay. I, I, I live in a Texas state. Okay. Did you turn off recording already? No. Okay. I should have. Goodbye. Goodbye.